Yo, you already know what it is. It's your boy DJ Filthy Rich. Yeah, it's your boy DJ Big X. And this is the We Outside Show, We Outside Radio. And we have the one and only beautiful Gigi McGuire in the building. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to be here. That's good. How you doing? The legendary Stankonia. That's yes. right. Um, I'm great. Yeah, good. that's great. No complaints. You came from out of town? Um, no, I'm here. I live here. Okay, good, 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 good. So what are we working on, Gigi? You got a lot coming out. Uh, you have a show that's based off of you. You have well. businesses that you're running. <laughs> right. We have lip service going on. You got a lot yeah. going on. You're a mogul out here. And, I mean, and, you're, le and you're a legendary stripper. Yes. Um, oh. we, uh, we we like to refer to us as entertainers. Yes. Okay. There's a difference between a stripper and an entertainer. Yes. Okay. And the Explain difference the difference. Is, there you go. A stripper is going to get on stage. She going two-step booty clap, take okay. all her clothes off, and you are going to be entertained by what just that. Right. An entertainer is going to get on stage and wow you with an illustrious performance. And she might not even take her panties off, so you might not even see the coochie, but you right. ain't even going to care because you're so enthralled in this performance and this um, fantasy that you're living in at the moment that you ain't even tripped by not seeing that coochie. See, strippers don't use words like illustrious and enthralled. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know she's an entertainer. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. levels to this, man. So uh, I saw another interview that you did, and I liked, it, your, I liked your perspective on the way uh, the strip club is now and how it used to be. So mm -hmm. I want to talk about that because okay. Big X and I, we've been in the strip club game for a very long time. Yeah. And uh, there's a big difference. It yeah. is. It's not as fun. No. Uh, the girls aren't as entertaining. Like, even in my club, the guys complain all the time. Like, even I notice as a DJ, you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know how to dance. They don't know how to do any pole tricks. They don't even know how to hustle and talk. So what are the differences that you've seen in the game over the years? Well, in my day, we were definitely focused on providing the fantasy, right? right? So we wanted to give you what you're not used to right. at home, what the old lady ain't giving yeah. up, right? We want to provide that moment of freeness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about the, the coin. I'm talking about freeness as in just being you and letting loose and just going with the flow of things, right? right? So um, me in particular, I'm a pole girl. Right. So I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to wow you with my performances and the panties might not come off, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what entertainers do. Me personally, it's a it's a hygiene thing with me. I'm not putting my pussy on the pole. <laughs> Straight up. Okay. Many many women do it. Right. Kudos to them. Right. But I'm just not, I'm not putting my pussy so on the pole. So even if you wipe the pole down? I'm not putting my pussy on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> or the floor. Okay. So if I know I'm fitting to be climbing and flipping and dropping into a split, the panties are staying on. Right. Okay. So so, so tell me this because as we work in the club, we work in the club. Mm -hmm. Now now we're gonna get off into some to some club things. Okay. When you, when the girls wipe the pole, mm -hmm. what's the difference? Like is, is it so you're like wiping the pole with alcohol, which right. we all know kills germs and bacteria. Right. And you're also wiping the pole of the oils from the lotions and the oils that women have on and the natural oils that come from the skin. Right. So when you're a pole girl, it's essential to wipe them in the pole because the oils will make you slip. Right. Your skin creates friction up against the pole, which is what helps you stay up there with no hands. Okay. Right. So if you're if you're greasy or the pole is greasy, it's gonna become a challenge for you to stay on the pole. So that's one reason why we wipe it down. Right. The other reason is of course for the cleanliness, but even if the pole is getting wiped down with a spray of alcohol, <laughs> me personally I'm still not putting my pussy on the pole. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> because would you put alcohol on your pussy in general? No, it's gonna burn. I, I had a guy in the club. I had a guy pour um, some Grey Goose out the bottle, and I wanted to die. That shit burnt my coochie so bad. So, what? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, you know guys getting in the moment, and they want to do anything, <laughs> and he took his bottle, and he poured it on my ass. And I, whoo, that oh, shit was shit. on fire. <laughs> I'll never forget that day. That happened at Magic City. Ooh, this pussy was on fire that day. I was so mad at him. 
Why would he do so do, that? Did you he ain't no better. Oh, so did you immediately stop dancing? I went and I went downstairs. <laughs> and I, I, I might have jumped in the shower or, or, or rinsed off or something, but yeah, I took a minute to, to, to bring myself back together. So, and when I came back upstairs, I nicely told him, alcohol burns the coochie. Like, don't do that. Common sense, right? I tell, I tell men that I'm intimate with, if you kill the pussy, it will die. And you don't want the pussy to die. Right. No, you right? don't want it. You don't want it to if die. If you kill the pussy, it will die. So <laughs> don't, don't kill it. You don't. You don't want <laughs> it's cool to torture the pussy a little bit. We like that. But don't, don't kill, kill it. Because it will die. die. Yeah. <laughs> People I like want to kill the pussy. I like that. All right, fellas, don't kill the pussy because it will die. Mm -hmm. That's one, buddy. Then you're going to be talking shit saying she was dry. No, nigga, it died. There's a difference. <laughs> okay, so all right, well, let's get into that, too. So sometimes, <laughs> right, you could be fucking so good at, that you run out of juices, right? That means it's over with. It's time to just... Cut it out. No, that means it's push time to like hit the reset button and switch it up. Okay. Yeah. Do you do you like spit? Oh, I'm a spitter. I'm a swallower, but I'm a spitter when it comes to oral. Like I'm I'm a mess. Okay. The best kind. Yeah. The best kind. And then do can can the guy spit on you? Like Oh, if I'm with you to that level, you yeah. can spit in my mouth. Oh, so you were just talking so, about that on camera. Yeah, so yeah. I gotta ask you that, because we were yeah. just talking about that. Yeah. Like what 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 make what make you wanna make have a guy spit in your mouth? <laughs> it's, it's in the moment for me. I'm I'm very sexual. I like to refer to myself as disgustingly disrespectful, like just disrespectfully disgusting. Like I am nasty. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm very nasty. Like there's not too many things in the bedroom that I haven't done or will not try. So, um, and I like that. And I'm also a pleaser. Right. So it gets me to a point when I know that what I'm doing is getting mm -hmm. you there. It that just heights heightens everything for me. But as far as letting a man spit in my mouth, it has to be like that. For me, that guy, like yeah, I have to be, be so it's into you. It's got to be an emotional yeah, yeah, attachment. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then a lot of spit in, in the vagina. Um, when you're sucking on it, then oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I'm here for that too. So I have a question too. So when you freaky like that, right? Like a lot of times you might have like when people are really free with each other, you're wild and you do anything. You have any like sexual bloopers? Like you got so freaky, something funny happened? Like. I, I imagine like if somebody tried to spit in your mouth one time and they miss somebody hit you in the eye or something like I mean I've got I I I, I personally also love um my face to be painted. I I like for the cum to land in the in, in the, the facial area. But but under the eyes though, like okay. nose, mouth, chin, cheek area because don't get it in my eyes and, and don't fuck up my lashes. The lashes. Yeah. So that's been a mishap is that it's gotten in my eye. But you and, know but you know the big and, lashes. And I'm looking like Popeye for an hour and a half until it you know, stops itching or burning or whatever sensation is happening. But you know, they say the the, the big eyelashes are cum blockers. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's supposed okay. to be. <laughs> supposed to be. Right. Not when that load heavy, honey. Okay. Flat. <laughs> Not when the load is heavy. Heavy. <laughs> I respect it. Mm -hmm. Go on. <laughs> oh, shit. So uh, I want to get back to the strip club though. Yeah, so sure. um, the young girls, right? Is there something that you would, some advice that you would give them? Oh, God. Yes. You, you know what I mean? Because they need it. Because this is what I noticed too. So there's a transition, right? Mm -hmm. So I've been in a strip club probably about going on maybe like 16 years, mm -hmm. right? So you know how you see generations. Like I'm in the club where I see them when they start. And they go blossom and they go to the big clubs and I see them come back come to die. Back. You know what I'm saying? Like I see <laughs> their yeah, whole see, career. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the that's the I think it's not the sad part. It's just like we seen you at your height. Yeah. And now we see you back. Yeah. Kind of like where you started. Mm -hmm. you know yeah. So what are some things that, you know, some advice you would give them outside? So or before we get into the advice, I want to touch on what you guys just said about seeing them at the height and then seeing them back down low. Right. On a level of where I can understand. Right. Sometimes we make bad decisions. Right. Sometimes we make 
bad, even worse financial decisions. Sometimes we are at a point in our life when we are younger and we're getting this money that we are just don't know what the fuck we're doing. Correct. And then we learn throughout the years and we have to humble ourselves and come back. So I can respect that. And in all honesty, I had my groundbreaking, uh, iconic last dance at Magic City. And right. in all honesty, when I moved back to Atlanta three years ago, if the money was still the same, mm. I probably would have went back. Yeah, it's not. But it's not. But not. if the money was still the same, I, I, I honestly would have probably went back. So I want to say that before I say anything else. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not always come back to die because there's the rebirth, right? right? When you when you're it's it's the physical and the mental. Right. So you are, are physically doing this thing, but you're mentally not ready. You're physically making all this money, right. two three thousand dollars a night, y'all know. Right. But you're mentally not ready to, we, we, to deal with it. As DJs, we see it. Yeah. Of you know course. what I'm saying? We see the money. We see everything that happens. Right. And the, and, the, and the funny part about it is. As we said, we see these girls go from making two, three thousand dollars a night. Then we actually see, like even now, some of the girls are still in the club right now, and they know the money is not good, but they're still but there. But they, they still understand? there because they've made decisions in their lives that caused them to have to still be there. Right. They didn't make the right decisions, and not coming down on anybody because I always didn't make the right decision either. Right. But you live and you learn. Yeah, we all. So live moving and learn. on to the advice part of the question, um, be sexy. Men want <laughs> sex appeal. Men right. want to be entertained. They want to be visually and mentally stimulated. They want to hear your baby girl voice. They want to hear, yeah. oh, daddy, I love that sweater on you. It's so cute. Uh, I love those shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they want to hear that. They don't want to hear, yo, what's up? You trying to get a dance? Like, what's popping? Like, hey, daddy, we'll be. Like, no, like, but men I, don't I want that. that. I seen that era happen, that you want a dance era. You know what I'm saying? With I was in that want a dance era. You know what I'm saying? The I hated dances. it. I had to evolve. I had to learn how to be one to dance. Now, I would never come straight up one to dance. I would still come. See, I come from uh, gentlemen's clubs. I come from the white right. clubs up in, right. up in the north in Philly. region. In Philly, right. Okay. So I come from sitting and talking and, and having a story and getting to know and mm -hmm. having to lead with compliments and having to woo him in by, you know, what I learned from that is that men like to talk about themselves. So all you got to do is ask the right questions and he's <laughs> automatically going to think that you're interested because right. he's talking about himself and, right. he's, you know, he feels as though you want to know these things even though you really don't right. you know what's in his pocket but you know that's what you got to do to get there you feed his right? ego exactly it's all about feeding the ego so these days oh back to the make it the uh i'm sorry the one to dance right i still would lead with the compliments and and the you know right. the sex appeal, sex appeal and i would yeah. still lead with the trying to turn you on or trying to, to seduce Try you to sway me exactly yes i never was a want to dance want to dance want to dance type of girl i just mm -hmm. couldn't bring myself like i to never that. i never would dance the want to dance girl yeah i just could never bring myself to that but advice wise bring back the sex appeal mm -hmm. bring back the hustle bring back not doing anything everything for clout bring back not doing everything for the gram not doing anything for social media for tiktok you know be be a, a individual like everybody walking around looking the same everybody got the same body and i i got the same body too but everybody got the same body the same wig the same shoes the same fishnets like right. when i danced we had costumes right. like we was and getting was, see, custom I was just, pieces I was, made i was just about to talk about that too because yeah. i was like that when that went away in the club and everybody could just wear a two-piece or, or just whatever they had everybody is in a pack you know we call it pack outfit the outfit that come in a little box? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It's like pack hair. Right. From the beauty supply. You can literally go in the beauty supply and buy a pack outfit. Or you can go in one of these little cheapy stores in Greenbrier and buy a pack outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, you can go West End Mall and buy a pack outfit and throw that on. And, and that's it. That's all you're wearing all night. And, like, when I danced, we literally had 
costumes. Yeah. She had yeah. outfits. And I came from that era where Yeah, like we was that. paying good money for our outfits and we really put in the time to coordinate the shoes and, you know, change the makeup and just change the hair and just look different. Like there would be nights where I would start out with, with long hair and by the end of the night, I'm in a bun. And right. it's because I didn't sweat that shit out because I was right. working so hard. But now I look totally different to a guy that told me no earlier because yeah, he no liked a bun. No you know doubt. what I'm saying? Like these girls just don't, they don't have the versatility anymore. It's so robot now. It's right. so cookie cutter. Where's, where's about having a big booty now? You know what I'm saying? When we go in the club well, now. everybody really... got a big booty now. The girls at Publix behind the counter got big booties now. They sure do. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I just had this, I just had <laughs> this visual too. today. Everybody Listen, got booties at I just had this visual today, right? To, just today. Um, I'm at Publix. Right. And I come outside and I see this girl. And she's getting in her car and she has like that ginger color wig and she got on a little two-piece like workout kind of mm -hmm. outfit and some slides and she got a bag on her arm. I don't really know, but you could tell it was designer. And I'm looking at her with her little bag from Publix. And the first thing I say is, and oh, and she has the lashes. Right. And the first thing I say is, oh, I wonder what club she work at. But then I'm like, <laughs> uh, nah, she probably just a regular old motherfucking CNA. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. what it is these days. Like back in my day, we would see another girl mm -hmm. at the mall and some slides and some tights and some lashes and a weave down to her butt and we automatically Make know she one right. of us. Yeah. But now everybody look like that. Yeah. Like everybody look like that. The teenagers in high school is looking like that with right. the wigs and the lashes. So yeah. it's just like there you can't like differentiate like who's what type of woman anymore because everybody is so cookie cutter. But do you think society has just bought into that the culture of the strip club, the street? Absolutely. Uh, that, that whole thing. The strip club y'all know the strip club is the lifestyle A and R. <laughs> Right. Yep. The strip club provides the culture. That's one thing that's not going to stop. I'll tell right. you that. The strip club will forever. First they laugh, then they copy. First right. they laugh at us for wearing the big lashes, calling us snuffleupagus. Now right. every girl getting yeah. lashes done in Lash Texas making no $2,000 a day doing lashes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, first they laughed at the ass crack weaves. Everybody got weaved down to their booty hole. But now... Everybody they got copy. it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, oh, fake booty this, fake booty that. Mm -hmm. Now every time you turn around, you're looking at a fake booty. No doubt. I think um, another thing that doesn't get talked about a lot is the power, <clears throat> the power of the dancers, right? So first of all, when you talk about the costume, it's like to a trick or to like a freaky nigga, y'all like superheroes. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you bring the costume, they're like, oh my da -da. god, look at that. Yeah. yeah. Some the, the dancers now, I don't feel like they even take enough pride to know the power that they have over they these guys. You know what I mean? They're pulling out them box, some pack outfits. Yeah, about. and 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 even in your in that era that, that you're talking about, girls like even dancers had uh they had names. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. they were. Oh, when you went to this club, it was Gigi. Oh, yeah. when you went to this club, it was this. Mm -hmm. You don't have that now. And you know what? When I so I recently uh, bartended at Club Rain, which is the old Foxy Lady over on right. Marlin Avenue. Shout out to Club Rain. I I love y'all forever, y'all my family. Um, that's one thing I used to tell people when they would be like, "How is it at Rain?" And I'd be like, "It's beautiful. They remodeled. Oh, nice club. It's beautiful. They remodeled. It's nice. But one thing we don't have is a it girl. We don't have a crew of it. Right. Girl. We don't have no OGs. We don't have no girls that everybody know. And I worked day shift and right. night shift. And I used to be out there like, where y'all customers at? Right. Like, why y'all? Y'all can't depend on me and my little following to bring the people in here. Right. I'm not shaking no ass. Well, they don't promote. 
They don't. They don't prove well, the girls. Well back, well, back in the day, girls used to have customers. Yes, like we had regulars. That, right, you had regulars that came. You yes. knew those. When I went to work on Thursday, you my guy that came on Thursday, he was coming to see me. Absolutely. So as DJs, we just knew, okay, on Thursday, we knew this girl, this girl, this girl was coming. Mm. We knew the customers that, that were coming come in the club. for specific yeah. girls. You know what I'm saying? And we knew what songs they like. Exactly. No doubt. So we generating everybody. <laughs> yeah, so back. everybody is it's one big happy family of everybody making money, but it's just not like that anymore. Yeah. And, and you know, social media everything yes. evolves right nothing stays the same right even when i came for the years that i was at magic i was there from 2005 to 2011 and prior to that it was a different way of doing things like i came in on a different wave i came right. in right when bmf was dying down but the rappers and the ball players picked up the make it rain situation right. so i got the trickle down of that effect and jeezy and then on moving on to future and you know that was my magic city career and, and life mm -hmm. but even then we had clients, we had customers, we had people coming in for right. us. These days, these girls have no one. No. And it's just like, where are your people? What are you doing? But like, you know why? We you took said pride it. in being an entertainer. We took pride in having niggas on our phone all day, such and such coming, such and such coming. Ooh, this my customer. Yeah. We're going to put you on. He like girls that do the, he like girls with blonde hair. Ooh, ooh, we going to team up. Nowadays, these girls is just like dry and blah. And it's like, they don't care. They don't put... They don't have the enthusiasm that we had back in the day. They don't put the oomph and the the journal say quiet into strip. Like they're not proud of it. Like we had pride. Like we was like them bitches. Like yeah. totem pole rapper, mm -hmm. ball player, stripper. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how it went as far as the society totem pole went right. in, in my day. And now these days it's like, uh, you dance. Well, there's an entitlement thing that I noticed too with a lot of girls, cause you know, cause of social media. Well, not only that, but you know how the strippers and the DJs, we always talk, right? Like when there's nothing going on, first thing the girls come and they hang out oh, with yeah. DJ and oh, we're yeah. chopping it up and oh, busting yeah. it up, so we cool. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I hear a lot, and I tell the girls and they're younger, they be like, I ain't about to go over there and be talking to him for thirty minutes. He ain't he ain't, he ain't spending, spending no money. money. How like, you Yo. think you going? How you think he gonna spend money? Why you would he spend money if you're not talking to you him? You have to get it out of him. Yeah. Let me tell you, when I danced, I was never a. Want to dance, want to dance, want to dance, girl, right? But I did know mm. that you still have to make it a point to try to talk to everybody in the club. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Because you, you never know if it's three people, 30 people, or 300 people. Mm -hmm. You never know who got that eye for you in the pocket to match. Right. It only takes one. I would give the same energy on the floor and the same energy on stage that I did when it was 10 people in the building that when it was 200 people in the building. You Now, I was I never made it around to talk to everybody because eventually I would get caught up in dancing or go on stage or whatever the case. But I was not a sit there, wait for somebody to talk to me, girl. Right. Having drinks and smoking hookah. And no, I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk over to whoever and he going to like me or he not going to like me. Right. But it only take one. Yo, That's all it takes. That is my favorite phrase. I yeah. swear on everything I love. That's when you said it, I almost started clapping. It, it only, only does one. take one. Like, and, and you, you don't know who's in here. And you, and you never, never know. know who got the money. Yep. You never know you never who got that. And was he locked in know. on you? See, and that's, and, yeah. that's the, and that was the thing I used to always tell the girls. I was like, yo, you never know who got the money. The guy who you think got on all the jury, who looks the part, acts the part, come in. And, it's and, always the loudest. You know what I'm saying? But that guy it's that's perfect. over there in the corner. He got it. He the one got it. That's why he in the corner. That's why he in the corner. Yeah. You? Quiet money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they walk right past him the whole night. Then yep. that one girl. Then that one girl get him, and then they all looking like, damn. Dang. How many times you walk past that nigga and ain't say nothing? Nothing. Waiting for him to say Waiting something. Waiting for him to, to say something. You, you can't do that. You yeah. have to be aggressive. You have to be assertive. You have to have the confidence. And a lot of it is these girls are are, are, are not do well with rejection. And that's something that, as a dancer, you have to have a thick skin. You have to know that you are in competition with every single girl in this building, and mm -hmm. y'all all chasing after one thing, the dollar. Right. 
and all the dollars out of all of these pockets. And you may not be his cup of tea yeah. today. But that's okay. Move on to the next. He might like he might like a short girl and you a tall girl. He mm-hmm. might like a brown girl, you a light girl. You know, he might like short hair, you got a long ass wig. But that's okay. It's always somebody here for you. No you just doubt. gotta figure it out. Yeah. Like it's it's definitely a game that needs to be played and these girls has they dropped the ball. And nobody likes rejection, but that's part of the job. That's part of the job. You, know what I mean? you have to it's rejection, it's competition, it's ego stroking, and it's it's having the confidence. Yeah. And if you can master that board, then you're gonna be all right. So in my book. So so in the locker room, how much how much of it is competition between the girls? Um, because I know it's it, it's, it's a friendly it's competition. A fa- it's, it's family. It's a family. You know what I'm it's a family. But it's a friendly I mean, competition. But at some point, you are like. But we all know that we're competing for the same dollar. Right. Now, okay, I'm gonna start as a baby stripper. As a baby stripper, when you first start, if you don't have anybody to show you the ropes, if you don't have nobody to tell you the ins and the outs and the do's and the don'ts, right. then it's trial and error. And that's why we see the turnaround so quick because these girls come in and they're shocked culturally. They don't know what's going on and they're like, oh shit, this ain't what I signed up for. This ain't for me. I'm going to keep it moving. But when you have an OG or you have mm-hmm. a mentor or a family member or somebody that works in the club that's able to put you on and kind of show you the ropes, it's an easier ride for you and you figure things out sooner. Mm. What they don't do in the club, and y'all know this being DJs, you don't get no manual. You don't no. get no rule book. No. You don't get no training no. course. You get it's on the floor, floor. <laughs> and you figure it the fuck out. You learn how to dance by watching the other dancers dance on yep. stage. You learn how to do pole tricks by trying that shit. Yep. You learn how to finesse by watching other girls and paying attention. And if you don't, then you just walking around dizzy trying to find a dollar. And bitch, you ain't going to find it. And next thing you know, you're like, uh, you know what? I'm going to just go back to Starbucks. It's survival of the fittest for real. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's why I asked you about the competition. And then you do have the girls that you click up with. Right. You become family. You become friends. Mm-hmm. You get your crew. Y'all know it be yeah. click here, click here, click oh, here. Yeah. Birds of a feather flock together type time. And then, you know, y'all, y'all have each other back and y'all stick together. Y'all ride out for each other. But it's far few and in between. So, There's a lot of loners. There's a lot of girls that don't talk to nobody. Yeah, I do. That stick I know to that. Themselves, yeah. yep. you but know? that it, you can't survive. Like but that's that. a personality trait as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you can't be a loner and be an entertainer. Unless you're the baddest of the baddest. Yeah. Because I've seen that happen yeah. too. I've seen I've girls seen that have body, yaddy, yaddy, and and knew how to talk and and nothing was always a loner and made their money. Yeah. And then I also was one of the girls who was a part of the cruise. I was a part of the snack pack. I started the snack pack. Mm-hmm. And not only did I have the snack pack as my stage crew, but I had other girls that I was cool with as my floor crew. Shout out to Waterworld. Like me and Jasmine was, mm-hmm. we we got it in <laughs> for years and years together. You know, tag team and left and right. Yeah. The Bopsy twins, the Double Mint twins. You know. So um, it's just all how you find your tribe for real and your and your niche. Yeah, and you got to figure it out. It's yeah. never overnight though. Oh no, you got to go through the trial. I missed the game. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So you mentioned- I always say like you can't. I'm sorry. I always say like you can't cheat the hustle. You got to grind your way through. Yeah, you do. Like there's never going to be a fast. And even if you make it fast, you're going to lose it fast. Yeah, facts. You have to put the work in. If you don't put the work in, then you can't build nothing strong on a weak foundation. So yeah. I, I, you said the word baby strippers, and I want to stick to that. <laughs> no, nah, seriously, because there's yeah. levels, right? Absolutely. So another thing I noticed, and actually you probably noticed this too. So again, back in the game, in the day, you would have somebody bring you in and say, "Come on, let me take you over here. Let me show you how to do this." Mm-hmm. To me, what it seems like, what I've seen is it's all baby strippers. Right like, now, eat, all of them. It's like yeah. the blind like leading whole, the blind. It's like a whole new generation of strippers. There's right? no OGs yeah. teaching them I anything. You know I what I mean? It. So it used to be like... The street's like, the same way, but I see that. Oh, yeah. Facts. But it would be like, so like the DJ and the, and the, and the dancers, we would have a rapport. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yo, 
that's the nigga with the money. I know, mm-hmm. he, I know what he like. Go over there. Mm-hmm. He gonna like you. I'm gonna play his song. Yeah. We get the money. Now I'm even noticing is they damn near against the DJs. It's like, no. man, yeah. I don't want to talk to him. I ain't gotta pay no. you. I swear, no. I swear. They don't tip. The, they don't tip. They don't the understand we a team. No can yeah. I? Can I give a little? Um, <clears throat> can I give a few of my OG tips? Oh yeah. That I that that I, that are guaranteed win win. Right. Please yeah. do take notes. Uh, baby take strippers. notes, baby strippers. <laughs> so the first thing you want to do is you want to be happy. You don't want to be a bitch. No. You don't want to bring your baby daddy issues and your problems with your mama and whatever situations you have going outside the club, in the club. First thing. Right. Keep that shit outside. Mm. Whatever time you're going through, Lush is going to figure it out. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Leave time you're outside, and when you walk in that door, you Lush is, and Lush is about to get to the fucking money. That's right. Lush, Lush ain't got shit to do with what time you got going on in real life. For mm. one. For two. And this is like a tried and true, this is a GG motherfucking, this is one that I stamp. And a lot of women, most women don't do it. If I'm in a club and, and me and you get to talking and, um, you know, we have our, our little rapport, right? And okay. And then I see you again. I'm across the room. I see you at the bar. I'm going to send you a drink. I'm going to remember what you had last time and I'm going to send you a drink. And the waitress or the bartender going to come up to you and say, this rum and coke is from Gigi. Word. She over there. She said, hey. Even if you got a girl with you or whatever, oh, I'll buy y'all both around. Killed that's player. Killed them. Right? When I tell you that worked for me every single time, for one is remember your customers' names. Right. <laughs> remember, your na- remember their names and where they're from. Right. And remember what they drink. And when they come back in the club, even if you dancing in a pile of money and you and it's four bottles of Patron and still call the waitress over and whisper in her ear, bring around the shots for everybody. And when the shots come... He gonna say, "Who bought the me? I just wanted to let you know I appreciate you, babe." He gonna love you forever, and he's that's how you instantly get a regular. But see, they don't even do that now. They don't even they don't even know the people that's spending the money. That that's how you instantly on the money. get a regular. That's how they don't know the people that's spending the money no more. And here's, the, and, here's the, and here's the round it out. Here's the okay. third round it out. You have to be Ginger from Casino. That's what Gigi is short for, Ginger. But we'll get into that later. Uh-huh. You have to be Ginger from Casino before the crack. Before the say, pills. I don't yeah, like ginger. It. No, 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 no. <laughs> ginger was cold. The beginning ginger. B- before before the marriage. Dope, yeah. Before yeah. the before the dope ginger. Ginger from Casino. She took care of everybody that took care of her. She knew. Let me take care of the valet. Let me take care of security. Oh, yeah, Let cold. me dish out this tip to this bitch that just got me this money. You have to take care of the people who take care of you. The bouncer, the DJ, the bartender, the waitress. Because guess what? They are going to have the insight. And when they know, just like you said, I know that nigga over there. I know what he drink. I know yeah. what he like. I know what song he like. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell that to the girl that you know going to look out for you. And that's what I use. You're not going to tell that to the girl that don't never give you no money. No. And then even if it's a girl that look out for you that's there, that's your homegirl, you know somebody else is more likely to give you more, you're probably going to tell her because you know at the end of the day, you're going to mm-hmm. benefit from it even more. Yep. That's my time. Top three tried and true OG tips for you entertaining strippers out here. Be nice to everybody. Leave your problems at home. Learn the names. Remember what they drink. Send them shots. Get around the shots for the whole pile if y'all dancing in the mm-hmm. pile of money. And always and forever tip and tip generously. Tip double. I'm known for that. They'll tell you. Yeah. I'm always looking out for those who look out for me because I know that shit goes a long way. And it's not bribing or buying nobody out. It's showing appreciation. And guess what? You're going to get that shit tenfold. Shit, I need her to come work with me. Yeah, you <laughs> need to start giving classes. <laughs> Man, what? Hey, Memoir on the way. Memoir on the way. Yeah, let's, okay, perfect transition. <laughs> so you are right in the memoir. I am. I am. 2023. Well, actually, I've been working on my actual book about my life and experiences mm-hmm. for some years now. Like, way longer than I should have been working on it. Um, there's been some bumps along the road. There's been life happening and there's been some ups and downs. But at this point in time, I've 
learned that, excuse me, I'm at a point where I'm ready to actually put this out, mm -hmm. to spill these secrets, to tell these stories, right? And not only that, part of the reason why I haven't done it is because I was still living it. Mm -hmm. I was still living the story. I still had this whole situation that I was dealing with and, and living through. But I'm at the point where now I feel like even if I stop the book right here today, it's a great story, mm -hmm. right, for one. Um, as far as a memoir is concerned, I get can you be my mentor, can you teach me how to be a stripper in my DMs on a regular basis. I see why. But the game is to be sold, not told, babies. Hey. So yeah. I'm I'm working on that for 2023. Yeah, like that's that like the top of my list as far as goals is because and especially with the way that my star is rising and my popularity right. is growing, it's a perfect time for me to be able to have the platform that I need for that instant <clears throat> marketing push that's going to help it get to where it need to get to. So I'm ready, and it's coming, for sure. And you obviously know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Like, it's, a lot of people... It's experience. Yeah, a know? book is I, a hustle for some people. They're like, ah, oh, they just writing, but you really know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, it needs to be, when, when the book comes out, we got to have you back. I need at least, like, I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy, like, 30 <laughs> copies, and when the girls come in for the first time to work, uh, I'm like, yeah, read this. Go. This is your training this. manual. You need this. Yeah. This is your training manual. Yeah. Facts. So every club, sure. you got to do a deal with the club, yeah. the house moms or something. For like, sure. yo, you need to keep this in the back. Yeah. Because they don't know what's going they on. They don't. And I feel like that's where the club dropped the ball, is that you don't teach them nothing. Yeah. They yeah. don't teach. And I've no. worked at multiple clubs from New York to Miami, and even out the country. And I have never been trained. Now, they give you the rules. Right. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Be here by this time. This is a fine. You know what I'm saying? But that's all you get. Yeah. You don't get any type of training or any type of um, guidance that's really going to help you excel in the strip industry. No, you don't. At all. It's, it's hit the floor and yeah. get the money. That's mm -hmm. it. So, uh, it's don't let them finger you. <laughs> <laughs> or pour Grey Goose on your pussy. Don't let them pour Grey Goose on your pussy. Don't be sucking no dick in the corner. Right. Oh. And, and make sure you got your house fee at the door. So let me ask you this. So, and this, this is a question that I know you want, you kind of like, it's, it's like around that question that we was talking a little earlier. Um, as, as you've been an a entertainer and you've seen like from the, from the club kind of transcend into like now is in, is a part of culture. Mm -hmm. So now we see a lot of the young girls and it, we see it from a very young age now. Like mm -hmm. when I grew up, girls at 12 and 13 years old were little, they were girls, they were young girls. Now we've seen everybody's kind of hypersexual now. It's, it's mm -hmm. real hypersexual. Yeah, everybody's naked. Yeah, so everybody, like, even from 11 to 12 years old, and now we're seeing, like, a lot of sex trafficking. Do you think that, that the, the strip club culture played a part of that? Or what, is this just something that comes along with society just becoming more sexual? I think that the strip club culture is in the background, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, in, it's, it's back here with it. But I really believe that the internet and social mm -hmm. media is at the forefront of that. And it's because everything is in your phone. Right. This is the reason why the club ain't popping no more. Right. Because, like I said in that other interview, you can get on your phone. You can see my ass on OnlyFans, forward slash Miss Show Me The Money, Gigi McGuire. Send my link in my bio. And let's talk about um, it. <laughs> you, can, you can scroll down Instagram and see girls twerking and ass and everything you want to see. You can go on Twitter and see full porn. Yeah, so right. it's like... It's so accessible. Mm -hmm. The strip club is still 21 and up. Right. Right? Right. So in the strip clubs, they do have social media pages, but it's not giving the content that would make a little girl say, ooh, I want to do this or I want to do right. that. It's the music. It's the social media. 
and it's the access that they have to it. Right. You know, yes, the strip club is in the background of that because it is what it is. It's strip. It's the adult entertainment. But we see so. But we see we see so much of that being um, like that. That the kids are actually doing this now. Like the little girls. Like you actually see. You can go on that little girl's page and she's actually. Dancing. Well, I blame the parents because yep. ain't no way. Yep. I became a mother at seventeen, and and I never hid the fact that I danced for my daughter. You know, I allowed her to be aware of how I made my money and and I also gave her the correct terminology and the correct definition of what it was that I was doing over the mm. years. It was an evolution of everything. Right. So when she was three years old and I first started, she just do mommy had a dancing job. Right. But mommy always had a dancing job because I have a dance background. So right. my high school was like fame. So right. dance I got ballet shoes hanging in my hanging off the wall in my house. So mm. that's a thing. Dance is a thing. As she got older and we're here in Atlanta, so strip is a thing right. in the early two thousands. As she got older, I explained to her that I don't just do shows. There is one place where I work at every night, and right. I work at that place and dance at that place, and I make money there. Right. And as she got older, yes, I take my clothes off at this place. Mm -hmm. And that's where it stops. There's nothing sexual happening. I'm, I make my money on my feet, not on my back, unless, you know, I'm on the stage on my back. <laughs> but there isn't a sexual, there's no porn, there's not a sexual thing happening. Mm -hmm. But yes, I do show my body to make money. And I explained it to her in a way that she understood it and she respected the hustle. And then I was Gigi Maguire. So she went to school and they'd be like, that's your mom? Like, you know what I'm saying? She was famous. Yeah, and she was, fly, and she was fly. Like, she was driving the Infinity to high school at 15. Like, you know, she had her own car. So whatever. Fast forward to now, it was a little bit different. But I say all this to say that I have a niece right. who was one year younger than my daughter who was raised by her very religious father and his mm -hmm. new wife. And she was very sheltered. She couldn't have boyfriends or talk to boys until 16. Right. And when she went to college, she lost her fucking mind. Right. And she currently lives here in Atlanta. She okay. works at the Cheetah. She has a, a brand new Jeep and a cute little uh, poodle and a loft in Grand Park. Right. And she's living her best fucking life. However, when I explained to my family that I didn't hide the fact that I danced and everything that I had going on to my to my daughter. Oh, she gonna grow up to be just like, why are you exposing that to that? Eh, 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 eh. Right. And look what happened. The sheltered little girl that was had to go to church every night hmm. and that couldn't talk to boys is little Gigi right now. And my daughter is a director. She went to the School of Visual Arts in New York mm. City. She has a, her own personality, her own business. She started a production company straight out of school. She has contracts with so different radio, uh, with different um, music labels, doing videos and cover art and stuff like that for them. And she is very independent in doing her thing. Not to knock my niece right. at all, because she followed in my footsteps, essentially. Right. But what I did for her was when she decided that she wanted to dance, she right. was living in Philly. Yeah. I, I, if you're going to dance, come to Atlanta. Move into my house. I will mentor you through until the training rules is ready to come off. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happened. She moved to Atlanta. I got her a job at Magic. She danced at Magic for literally one month. Mm -hmm. Made enough money to buy some titties. <laughs> Went and got some titties. Got her braces taken off. Went to Cheetah. Oh, my God. And now she's been at Cheetah for almost two years. And she's living her best stripper life right now. And she's very happy. So, you know, society always says what we should do and what we shouldn't and do. do. Right. And, and how things should go. But it's not what you do. It's how you do it. Right. Now, if she would have started dancing in Philly or New Jersey, wherever she was at, at the height of the pandemic when she wanted to start dancing, it, she would not be where she's at in life right now. But because I kind of put her on the right path and was there to help her through the beginning, right, what we talk about, right. you need a mentor, you need an OG, you need somebody to tell you, she was able to excel. And she's really one of the, one of the cheetah's top girls right now. 
So I'm proud of her for that. Yeah, salute to and her. I'm also proud of my daughter. Yeah. But people always say what you shouldn't do and what you should do and how you should tell your child and how you should raise your children. And look, prime example. But it's always parenting. It's always going to come down to parenting. I blame the parents. But I want to uh, I stay on that because you were saying social media, and I agree with you on that because we always talk about hypersexualization anyway, hypersexualization, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, there was no internet. But right. everybody been freaky forever because remember Freaknik? Freak you know what I'm saying? Like right. Freaknik was popping, but there was no internet back then. But mm-hmm. if you dig through some old camcorder because, tapes, you see a lot of people's mamas on there busting it open. Yeah. But, but, but freaky back in the day was kind of hidden. It yeah. Is, you know what I'm saying? Now it's kind of like uh, it's in the open. It's almost normal. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine being 15 years old and you can watch porn on your phone anytime you want to? I might not have left the house for 10 fucking two years. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you had to find like an old tape. In yeah. your dad's room, put it in the VCR or something. It's too easy, man. It's too easy. Wow. It's too easy to find. So it's there's no way around it now. You can't stop them. You can't stop people. You can't. No. That's it. why I, the parents have to step up and they have to monitor their children and their phones. They have to pay attention yeah. to what these girls are doing and wearing up underneath their clothes. That's right? oh, that's an old trick too, huh? Go to school and, and then change your clothes. <laughs> Who? Do they still do that? I don't know, but... I, I know girls did, did that when we was going. I through. had friends who did. I mean, I was I was a free spirited child. I, my, I I didn't have a lot of restrictions on my life growing up. Um, I had a lot of trust from my mother and my older sisters, um, and I had a lot of guidance. So I wasn't out here while I was actually a tomboy. Mm-hmm. I Why didn't is it always like that. Y'all I was a tomboy, I, and my daughter's a tomboy. My daughter is like hoodies, sneakers, crop tops. She got a hat collection that's out this world. She's a huge Braves fan, so she uh, her thing is the, the hats from um, Flight Club, mm-hmm. Hat Club up in New York. Yeah, so that's her thing. But me personally, I didn't become this, like, sex bot until I started dancing. Really? No. I was, ten- I'm from Philly. I wore Tim's and, and, and gray sweatpants, <laughs> and I wore, we wore Gap sweatsuits and Tim's and, and, and hooded uh, vests, the puffy vests. Like, that was what I wore. Like, that was, you know, I, wore, look, I wore plaid button-ups and baggy jeans. Like, you know, I was, I was in high school in 93. I started high school in 93. So, you know, that was, I was a TLC, Aaliyah dressed yeah, that's what girl. Yeah, that was the look back yeah, then. Yeah, that was yeah. the look. And, but there was girls who I, who was more, way more prissy and girly, and I just wasn't that girl. But when I started dancing, I, it, it sparked the flame inside of me. And I've, I've always been obsessed with the color pink. It's, it's really an obsession. Like, my whole house is pink. Almost everything I own is pink. Um, <laughs> for real. But, but the, the, the prissiness, the makeup, the heels, the sexy, the wanting to be, you know, tight and fitted and va-va-boom, that really didn't hit a stride for me until I started dancing. So what was the transition? Because you were doing entertainment anyway, right? And pole dancing. And, and how did you get into Dancing in a strip club from what you were doing before, because you were entertaining before that. Anyway. I was homeless. Okay, that'll do it. Not like living on the street homeless, but right. don't have my own place to stay homeless. So what happened was uh, I had my daughter at 17. Mm-hmm. Her father was killed five days after her second birthday. And um, he was essentially like paying all of my bills and, you know, taking care of my apartment. And I had a job, but my money was my money. So when he passed away, I fell behind on my rent. I got evicted and I went to his parents and I'm like, me and the baby don't have nowhere to stay. So um, I actually moved into a building that a triplex that his father owned. And guess what? It was the apartment that he got killed in. I moved into the top floor. He lit, he got killed in the bottom floor. It was the bottom floor in the basement, and I I moved into the second floor of that of that place. And wow. I lived there, um, and it was a very hard time for me. Fast forward to I'm trying to get out of this situation. I have a, a boyfriend that wasn't a boyfriend, a situationship, 
and <laughs> he tried to end my life. Wow. In that apartment. He tried to kill me when I, I was trying to break up with him. He, he literally tried to kill me. I left that apartment with my daughter, her diaper bag, and the clothes on my back. I had no ID. I had no purse. I had no birth certificate. I had nothing. I left everything in that house. Wow. And I never went back. So I, mo I ended up moving into my god sister's basement, unfinished, mildew, musty basement. And uh, she was a hairdresser. And she's like, I have clients. Uh, no, prior to that. She's like, I know a way that you can make a lot of money. Hmm. So I'm like, how? So she's like, um, I know this Jamaican guy that be flying girls out to bring back stuff, drugs, and you could take a couple of those trips and hmm. it'll get you right back. So my first trip to Jamaica, I was 19 years old. I swallowed 90 grams of heroin and they put 12 and a half pounds of weed in a suitcase. I got caught coming through JFK airport with the weed, never wow. told about the heroin. I ended up getting um, bailed out by the Jamaicans. I went to an apartment in the projects in Harlem. I shitted out the heroin. They gave me the money for the heroin, but not for the weed. It ended up being restitution and, and five years probation. Um, so now I'm a felon, right? So I'm, but I'm still homeless because the money that they gave me wasn't life-changing money. I mm. thought it was going to be life-changing money. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, it was not life-changing money. So Especially I'm still, for the chances you were taking. Right. So I'm still in the same situation. I got a couple dollars. I can buy some clothes. Right. But I can't buy no car. I can't get no apartment. Mm. So I'm still in this situation. So I was able to get ahead a little bit. Mm. So then, same sister. I live in her house. And she's like, I got a couple. She's a hairdresser. So she's like, I got a couple clients that dance. Maybe you should dance. And I'm like dance in my mind i'm thinking dirty gutter butt fuck yourself on stage with a corona bottle sucking dick in the corner like i was ignorant <laughs> to the fact that there were clean clubs right this was my perception on strip right at this time but i had no that idea was most people's perception i had no idea mm. right so i'm like nah, i would never do that so she's like no 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 it's not that type of way she's like these girls that i that i do their hair these girls drive Benzes and Lexuses, and these girls talk about the clientele as being doctors, lawyers, ballplayers. Ah, like these girls make real money. Mm -hmm. The club was like Philly's Delilahs. I mean, right. Philly's Cheetahs called Delilahs. I've been to Delilahs. So you've been to Delilahs? I'm from South Jersey. Oh, okay. Very so you familiar. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go um, fast forward, right? I'm like, eh, I don't know. So fast forward, I go on a date with Aaron McKee that played for the Sixers back then. And it clicks to me that she said that ballplayers frequent this club. So I asked him over dinner, I'm like, have you ever been to Delilah's? So he's like, what you know about Delilah's? So I'm like, well, somebody told me that I should work there. And he's like, you would do that? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I've never been. So he's mm -hmm. like, let's go. We go in Delilah's. We're at the bar drinking. There's this girl on stage, and she's giving me my life. She's dancing. She's hmm. sexy. She's pretty. And he sees how engaged I am in this girl's stage set. Right. And he gives me a bunch of money, and he's like, go over to the stage and tip her. I get to the stage. The, she comes over close enough where I can see her face. Hmm. It's my cousin, my little cousin at that, Brandy. She had just she had just turned 18 two weeks ago, and she had just started working there. Are you older than her? I'm older than her. Oh. I'm, I'm 20. Okay. She's 18. Right. So we both like, what you doing? So I'm like, well, I'm trying to get a job. What's up? Because by that time I had been there long enough to know that, right. okay, I can do this. Yeah, right. this. So um, I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm trying to get a job. What's up? She introduces me to a manager. They just so happened to be having a staff meeting the next day, which is on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So he's like, come to the meeting tomorrow. So I go to the meeting and I sit in on the meeting and I'm looking at these girls right. and I'm like, wow. Right. I'm looking at the club with the lights on and I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> so uh, of course I get the job. I start that night, 
And I'll never forget, I made $862. Your I, first night? Yeah, it yeah. was on a Sunday. That's I made $862, and I was just like, okay, I should have been here two years ago. <laughs> right, it's like, lit. I'm here fuck? every Why day. am I late to this party? Yeah. Right. So that was my introduction into dance. Damn. It was, a, it was a life, not really life and death situation, but it was, my back was against the wall. I was in a hard space, mm -hmm. a hard place. And I was, it was more for me, it was more a means of survival. So you have the dancer that's going to school. You have the dancer that has the kid. Mm -hmm. You have the dancer that's homeless. You have the dancer that has the pimp. Mm. You have the dancer that got to take care of their mom and take care of their other siblings because the mom's sick and the dad didn't left. You know, everybody has their own story. Right. But my story falls into the category of survival. Right. I needed to be able to provide for myself and my child. I needed to be able to get back on my feet. And here we are. Yeah. 22 years later. Yeah. You see, a lot of people don't understand that part. That's why I'm glad you told that story because I think all right, there's there's a line, right? Like, the, you're going in there to see a fantasy. This is a fantasy. You're going to escape reality. You go to the club as a customer, right? But when, you know, some niggas cross the line, I'm looking like, you do know this is still a person with a life, right? Like, everybody doesn't want to be here. You know what I mean? Some girls, like you said, they left Laura at home and, mm -hmm. you know, Strawberry's here today, but... <laughs> Laura's still in there, so yeah. you can't be taking advantage of people like that. So I'm always interested to hear, again, the DJ. We like psychologists. Like, oh, absolutely. Every girl in the club that really comes and talks to me, they tell me all their business. Yeah. Like, it was a waitress. She was like, you know why everybody talks therapist. to you? That, oh, exactly. Yeah. She was like, you're such a good listener. I was like, because really, a lot of times, I don't even know what to say. Right. You feel me? You just I'm, listen to the story because they, they just be want, they just want to ear. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep, because mm -hmm. they're going through a lot, man. It's a lot going on in there in the club. So with, with you know, your lives and your escape that you're trying to do so you gotta at least leave with the money man listen and it's something nice that you don't leave with the money y'all uh, know that too yeah it's a lot the <laughs> dj as well y'all y'all will get the y'all will get these girls that get on on uh, podcasts and different interviews and and get on the insta the insta webs and <laughs> and they'll be like i ain't never had a slope girl what you mean you ain't make no money girl lies Stop lying. you could be the baddest of the baddest you could be the most popular you could be the queen of the club and you're going to there's going to be a night when you leave the club with less money than you walked in there with listen everybody has had that experience i don't give a fuck who you are i've had that experience multiple times right oh, yeah. it happens it's part of the game yeah, part of the game multiple times i didn't bought i didn't pay the house bar fee i didn't pay the park I didn't bought, got my hair done, got my makeup done. I didn't bought a new outfit or some shoes. I didn't bought a couple drinks. I didn't bought some food. Yeah. And now at the end of the night, I'm counting my money and I ain't made none of that back. None of it. Yeah. They forget you starting off in the hole. Right. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? It's an investment. Not negative. It's absolutely. an investment. And that's the thing too. Every night. Every night is an investment. Yeah. Every single night in the club is an investment. Listen, I seen a midget come in there and the girl who always make the money, the midget was tearing her ass up as far listen, as profits, boy. Everybody's like, boy, you see the... I'm, listen, I don't want to use that I, word. I'm so sorry. In, a little person. A little person. So <laughs> I worked... Canceled. So in 2015, <laughs> I had the experience of being a manager at a strip club in Philly. Okay. Um Vanity Grand. Mm -hmm. So oh, okay. the Christine's, the, the owners of cheerleaders, shout out to John Meehan, mm. forever, forever my fam. Um, they own cheerleaders. He opened, he bought Christine's and they turned Christine's. It wasn't, he, he kept it open as Christine's at first, but Christine's just wasn't doing what he needed to do. So he decided to turn it into a booty club mm -hmm. from a gentleman's club. And he called me and I was working, I was living in New York at the time. So he called me in to be his entertainment director. So my role was helping them create the vibe of a black club, helping them with the hiring and the firing and the rules and just running the day-to-day -day operations as far as the girls were concerned. Mm -hmm. And I held that job for a year. And when I tell you, hmm. 
That was a different experience for me. I yeah. know it was. That was a different experience for me. I got to tap into my boss, my boss vibes. Yeah. But I also became a therapist during that time because and the, the girls would come and talk to me. I became a therapist. I became a babysitter. I became a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I it just was a lot. So yeah, as a DJ, I can only imagine what y'all. Yeah. Go through when it comes to these women. It's mentally draining too, because you know, like you transfer energy with people, right? So Absolutely. you're around a happy person, you be happy. But yo, when them girls be coming there dumping all that on me, and I be sitting there and I'm trying to turn everybody up at the same time. I and sometimes then you, then you I get just, the echoing what they said in your no. ear, and then you get the relating it to personal shit that you know, and you like, damn, yeah. It's a lot, man. It's we got to listen, man. They don't people understand. don't give us, uh, and I'm gonna say this loosely. Uh, sex workers, because essentially we are all sex workers. Yep. They don't give us the respect. No, they don't. That we deserve. And I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't understand. They are very ignorant to what really goes on behind the scenes. They are very ignorant to what really goes on in the DJ booth and in the, in the office and, mm-hmm. and in the dressing rooms. Like, they really don't understand. They see Strawberry. They don't see Tasha, Tanya. They see this entertainer. They see the stripper. Mm-hmm. They don't see the woman. They don't see the mother. They don't see the woman that has multiple degrees. They don't see the woman who owns her home and owns her her car or or owns a few businesses or is trying to start a business. They don't see that. Mm-hmm. They see booty, yeah, hair and lashes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they don't even see your face half the time. Nah. <laughs> and you and, and you better be lucky if they remember your name. Okay. So uh, <laughs> you just made me think of something. So when I first got into the game, there was this. Uh, old white man shout well r.i.p hoyt right he's the one who owned the club the first club I ever worked in mm. and he used to do this thing on sundays and i really want to bring this back because people used to laugh and i used to laugh because i was young like why well, we got to come in here sundays and listen to this fool but what he did was very valuable he would make all the dancers all the djs bartenders the whole staff come every sunday to a meeting he had this white board and his, his approach was funny because he used to curse a lot. But he was like, all right, you fucking ding-dongs. This is what I want you to not do today. Yes. Tomorrow when you come into work, I don't want you to snort three grams of coke on Period. the way home. I want you to fucking pay your car note, you stupid bitches. <laughs> like, right. So I his approach that. was crazy, but he was running the game down I loved so perfectly. Big Mad used to curse us out and... Um, and, and meetings, too. We didn't have them every week. But <laughs> yeah. Big Badge used to curse at y'all stupid bitches. Y'all, I'm sick of y'all arguing over the same goddamn shit every week. Y'all know better. Yeah. 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 Yep, they need yeah. that, man. They need yeah. somebody to just, they just, it's information. It's just, yeah. you know, somebody got to give It's valuable information, and Thanks. somebody got to give it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got to segue into this real quick before we get out of here. Okay. You actually work with one of our brothers, DJ Nando. Long live Nando. It's just hit nine years a couple days ago yeah. that we uh, lost Nando. On the 13th. Yes. On the 13th. So Long live Nando. You are probably one of the people that he always talked about. And I, don't, I didn't really get a chance to know y'all relationship or none of that, but he always mentioned you and talked about you all the time. So, what was one of your fondest memories of, of Nando? So, the very first day I met Nando was me coming to Magic City for the second time, second day in a row. Hmm. And this was back when they had the amateur contest. Bring back the amateur contest. Let's let's re- re- rewind and come back to that. Everybody's but, an amateur. Well, <laughs> well, damn, when you put it like that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so Every Magic City used to have their amateur night on Wednesdays. <laughs> and I was in the club. I had just moved here. <clears throat> and I was in the club with my homegirl that worked at Magic. Um, she was from Philly, but she came down with me when I moved to stay with me for the first couple of weeks, and she was working at Magic. At the time, I was bartending. I had stopped mm-hmm. dancing two years prior, and I did not have any uh, intentions on dancing in Atlanta. I wanted to bartend and continue to move on in that path. But long story short, they talked me into doing the amateur night contest. She she talked me into it by saying, 
whatever money you make, you can keep. keep. So yeah. the hustler in me was like, hmm, do I want to keep sitting here while this bitch work, make money, and I'm buying drinks? Or do I want to make me a little coin, too? Right. So I'm here. I'm, I'm here. I might as well. So um, it was Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I'm in the club, and I had been in the club since Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching these big booty, thick thigh women, and they're dancing to music that I'm not very familiar with, and I'm highly, highly intimidated, right? But they're telling me I should do this contest, and I'm like, eh. So, Nando, I go in the DJ booth. Now, this is the day of the contest. I go in the DJ booth, and I'm like, I signed up for the amateur night contest, but I am very intimidated. I'm very nervous, mm. and I just really don't know if I'm making the right decision. And then I'm like, and he's like, well, what's the problem? He's like, you dance? And I'm like, I did. You know, it's been about two years, but yeah, I dance. I actually dance very well. And he's like, well, then what's the problem? Just get up there and dance. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, but... I don't know none of this music. I'm like, so he's like, well, what, what you used to dance to? And I'm like, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, Prince, Tina Marie. Like, you know, I worked at white clubs. Right. So I'm like, shit, you could put on some Hoover thing and I might give you a little two-step, you know? <laughs> so long story short, it's my turn to go on stage and I hear, so I get on that stage and it had been the first time, this was the first time I danced in over two years. And I have this thing that I call in my zone. And if you ever see me on stage, there is a point where I'm on stage and my eyes are closed mm. because I'm in my zone. I'm not paying attention to the crowd. I'm not paying attention to the money. I'm not paying attention to the other girls on stage. I am completely enthralled within my zone that nothing else matters but the music and the feeling that it's giving my body. Mm. So I got into this point on stage, right? Get into my zone. And it's pole trick. It's, you know, little booty shaking because I was very little booty at the time. And... You know, I did my thing. Mm. Then that's a long song. That song is over six. It's like seven oh, minutes. Oh, yeah, seven minutes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Too high to get over. Yeah, yeah. Which so, I've never seen anybody dance. Oh, my God. I'm, imagine, so, I'm imagining this in my so head. So I get on the stage and I lose my mind, right? And um, so I get off the stage and Big Madge walks up to me and he's like, Who are you? Where'd you come from? You need a job. You want a job. You live here because I need that to happen regularly, like every day on my stage. And I was just like, I want to bartend. And he's like, no, no, you don't. He's like, you want to do that. Right. You're going to make a lot of money doing that. And he's like, figure it out. He's like, and I'm like, oh, I don't dance anymore. He's like, yes, you do. He's like, that don't look like somebody that ain't dancing in two years. That looked like somebody that was just dancing yesterday. Right. And he was like, listen to me. I'm magic. I own this place. <laughs> Let them know that I hired you when you make your decision, but it would be the best decision you ever made. And hands down, it was the best decision I ever made, right? Life-changing. I owe that to DJ Nando because he gave me that confidence as a DJ to pull that rabbit out the hat for me to jump into that zone and be able to do what I did that night. That changed my life forever. So number one, fondest memory. Right. Um, second fondest memory is when Magic decided to give me my own set. So second uh, history-making moment in my Magic City career. Um, Me and a girl named Fierce, JoJo, um, we were like besties and we kind of, you know, had a good report on stage. And y'all know the rotation, five girls, whoever by the list, right, Right. whoever signed in. So we would always be on stage with three other girls and it would be us two doing all these pole tricks. And, of course, we was bringing the money and we would have to split it with them. So eventually... um, Madge, little Madge, Mikey, set us apart. He called us in the office one day and he's like, all right, look, 
I see what y'all doing and I understand that it's general pop mm -hmm. is coming in and y'all got to share what y'all making with your, like we see it. So yeah. we're going to set y'all apart. We're going to get y'all 12 o'clock and two o'clock and we're going to set y'all apart. Nando, <laughs> Nando didn't understand, right? right? I, love, I love Nando. Oh my God, I love this man. Nando didn't understand what made us so fucking special right. that we got the stage shut down Classic at 12 o'clock and 2 o'clock. That motherfucking cancer. Let me tell y'all what he did. Our first set. What? Our first set. This nigga <laughs> plays Flashing Lights by Kanye West. And he sits on the steps of the DJ booth, crosses his arms, and does one of these and watches us on stage. Our debut as the Gigi and JoJo show. I love that man. He tried it, right? He don't oh, yeah. give a he, He's a cancer. He showed his feelings. Oh, he yeah. didn't understand he's it. Way, he's the way. So guess what he did? He gave us a challenge. Mm -hmm. He said, oh, y'all, oh, oh, this is what y'all going to do? Let me see y'all dance to this. And guess what we did? Dance to it. Period. Yeah, went crazy. And he was like, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Like, this is what all the fuss right. is about. All right, yeah. I see it now. So that man is, he's a trendsetter. He's a legend. He is just an all-around all genuine guy. Um, he's very, very truly missed, as you know, y'all know. Um, but what he did, not only at Magic, but at Onyx, too, he is one of one. There is none before him and none to come. There are a lot of great strip club DJs. There okay. are a lot of great DJs in general, and even hype men. But the combination of his knowledge of the music of his crowd control, of him being able to just really tap into everything that was going on. The way that his little yellow ass ain't give a fuck about who was in that club and he would call you out for not spending no fuck. A.U. right there with the red fucking hoodie and the fucking Giants hat. <laughs> I see you. Why are you so close to my stage if you ain't spending no money? Like, the right. way that he just really had the crowd control and just everything that he did was just in unison and it just made so much sense. Like, not for nothing, I have not seen that. Yeah, I haven't either. No, like we're not he's going definitely to one of a kind when it comes to that, like for sure. And so he's yeah. definitely missing the club right now, Very. even when you look at it now. He set a lot of trends. He set a standard in the club. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of things he did as a DJ. Absolutely. Even now, that a lot of DJs that we did. A lot of DJs. You know what I'm saying? We still. There will never be another. No. Long yeah. live Nando. Long live Nando. He did that. Rest in peace, my man. Because he did that for sure. And and he also was, he was a cool ass nigga. Like outside of work. Oh, he yeah, always invited everybody to his house for cookouts, and we would be by the lake smoking our weed and just vibing out and chilling. And yeah. whenever we seen him anywhere, it was family. It was always love. You know, he whether he was working or not, you know, it was just always, you was always going to get what you needed from him in any situation. Mm. And he was just one of them people, and it's not a lot of people in this world like that. At all. Yeah. yeah. The goat. That was my guy. It was a goat. Yeah, yeah sure. man. And we honor him every year by giving out, giving a Nando Award, too. So we try to keep his legacy alive. I love that. As, as far as the Coalition DJs. Because he's yeah. one of the Of, of course. Yeah, You know, with us doing yeah. that, he, he he definitely set the trend in that. And as, you know, with Nando, he kind of put us in, in a lane that made us special, too. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. when he was when he was at his peak, yeah. he was a part of the Coalition DJs. Yep. Yes, he was. So I remember he that. The respect so, will always be there. So he always so he helped build a foundation for us. So mm -hmm. that that was got us to this point right now. Yeah. So I love that y'all gave out an award in his honor. Oh, yeah. Who won the uh, Nando Award last, uh, award last year? I can't remember. We won't know until next week. No, last year who won that? Uh, Shutter Rock. Before after that, uh, this current year who who was? It's it? coming up. He said. Yeah. Oh no, I thought it was me. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he set you up for that with X. He would act like he forgot. Oh, shout out to Shorty Rock, but that was before. I'm the current Nando Award winner. Shout out to Nando. That. That not, but it means everything to me. You know what I'm saying? That's I why I wanted that. to bring it up. Like, I man, Nando was the man, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. Long so, live Nando. Yeah, and, he, and, and Nando's gave, he gave us this, this this thing that we live by now is like, if we all can't be brothers and be real with each other, then we can't be a family at all. You know what I'm saying? True. So, and we've been living by that ever since we started in 08. So, if we ain't gonna all be on the same page, well, then we might as well just part. Yeah, yeah. We all like a football nothing. team. That's how I feel. Like <laughs> all we, or nothing. Man, what we be talking shit to each other in the locker room and everything, but <laughs> we, we trying to win this game. So, period. We gonna win the game. We gonna stick together. Yeah. So, I love that. So, so I, so I read. Well, I look. Well, I know a little bit that at, um the the uh, role in P Valley was mm-hmm. was it loosely about you? Well, or? so Mercedes, it was actually Mercedes and Autumn Nights, but way more Mercedes than Autumn Nights. There's a few similarities in Autumn Nights' character with her coming to Atlanta during the flood. I mean, I'm sorry, with her go- going to Mississippi, Chuck Lisa mm-hmm. during the flood. I came to Atlanta the day of Hurricane Katrina. And I didn't come from Louisiana. It was just a coincidence that the mm. day that I moved to Atlanta was the day of Hurricane Katrina. So I essentially came in the flood as well. Okay. She um, did the amateur night contest, and that's how she got hired. Mm. I just told that story. Right. Um, and the last thing with her was that uh, her real name is very similar to my real name. That's like a reach, but it's true. Her real yeah. name, Haley Colton. I'll tell you all my real name off stage. I mean, off camera. Okay. But anyway, so moving on to Mercedes, my... Magic City and just all over strip career was uh, one of the top, because there was a few, but I was the top muse for Mercedes' character. Mm. So I started the snack pack. The snack pack actually started with Gigi and JoJo, Gigi and Fierce. Okay. But then Fierce decided to move on to go back to school. She didn't want to dance anymore. And now I'm back in general pop because I don't have a stage partner. So the snack pack was put together because of that reason. So the trinity on P-Valley is the snack pack. I created The Last Dance. When I decided that I wanted to leave Magic City, um, Mikey was like, you can't just leave. Mm. Like, you can't just walk away. Like, you have to give your people something, your fans, your family. You have to give Magic City one last goodbye. So mm-hmm. plan it out. Let's make it happen. So I named that party. I'm all about themes. I come from a theatrical background. Right. So I'm all about themes. And every time I had a party, a birthday party or whatever, I always went all out with the theme. Um, legendary themes. So I had a hard time trying to figure out this last, this final performance. And then um, it came to me, flash dance. So the scene when she, the water. Yeah. So I did it with money and confetti. So it made it look like water. That was like my Fadnai Ali like ending or whatever. However, um, and I can send y'all a clip if y'all want it to add it in. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. So... Um, I took the, you know, we made flyers back then, right? Like real flyers. <laughs> so, flyers. like physical flyers and posters, right? So, my promo flyer and poster image was I recreated the Last Dance DVD when Jessica Beale is sitting with the half cut off shoulder showing with the curly hair. I recreated that and instead of in the same font, Flash Dance, I crossed out Flash and put Last Dance. Mm. So, that's how the Last Dance was created. I made very close to $30,000 that night and it um, hit the blogs, and this is in 2011, so blogs wasn't even that big of a thing. All we had was Boss Up Ball Alert. It wasn't no Shade Room. It wasn't no, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Like, all of these blogs Boss, that are here yeah. today. Yeah. yeah, blogs was Boss Up Ball Alert, and it was maybe one more. Um, and it made the blogs, and um, so now when you, and I'm sure y'all seen it in the club, now when a dancer, ever since then, this is 2011, mm. every time a dancer want to retire, what she do? 
has dance, a last dance. dance yeah. yep. And I didn't even create that with the intentions of it being a thing. It just happened on its own, organically, became a thing. Mm. Uh, Jessica Dime did it on Love & Hip Hop. And now with P-Valley, they made that the whole entire um, storyline for the main character, Mercedes. Mm -hmm. She was having a last dance. Um, when she had a daughter, I have a daughter. Um, it was something else before the end. But fast forward to season two. Remember in season one, she didn't have her last dance. Right. Oh, this was the other thing. She had a gym for the her dancers, uh, for her step team, her mm -hmm. drill team. She had a gym. Or she wanted a gym, rather. Mm -hmm. So when she finally had her unofficial last dance in season two, when she danced uh, Seven Pounds of Pressure with uh, Lil Murder. Lil Murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she took that money. And what did she do with it? She opened a pole dance studio. Yeah. My last dance money, I took that money and I opened a pole dance studio here in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's a few more things, but those are like the three top like noticeable um, similarities in my uh, real life and mm -hmm. the story of uh, Mercedes on P-Valley. However, um, the creator herself, Katori Hall, um, back in season one when she was on a press run, she literally said, that we fashioned Mercedes Sundays as if it was back when Gigi Maguire would pack out a Monday at Magic City. Like, she literally said that verbatim. So, mm. it's not me. <laughs> I do a lot of interviews and I talk about this whole P-Valley thing and the haters be in the comments like, whatever. She, and it's really the truth. She said it. Yeah. Do you get compensated for this? No. And I'm not even tripping. The compensation for me, well, I did, I did do season uh, two in um, uh, episode five when Jocelyn was on and, and we had the, yeah, they yeah. did the Legends Ball. Yep. So I was honored as myself as a legend in strip with alongside Tip Drill and Jessica Dime. Yep. How, so I did get paid for that. I remember that. Yeah, I, I watched that show. I, I got paid for that. <laughs> However, you know what the payment is for season one? Even if they never asked me to be on the show. The payment from just knowing that all of this blood, sweat, tears, good night, bad night, and in between that I had, all of the the ridicule that I've gotten from pure strangers and even people that I know and love about mm -hmm. the way that I chose to make my money, all of the nose turned up and all of the rejection that I received because I decided to strip to provide for my child, right? right? All of that negativity that I've gotten in, throughout the entire years that I did this, mm -hmm. the compensation, that's the compensation, is the fact that it's now being celebrated Word. the story is being told usually when you see a stripper on tv she has a pimp she's addicted to drugs she don't take care of her kids the no strip is being celebrated in a positive light in p-valley rather they use my likeness my real story anything that had to do with me or not mm -hmm. the fact that strip is finally being celebrated for what we know strip is those of us on the inside, right? That's enough compensation for me. Oh yeah, I love. Like, mama, we made it. Like Virgo, shout out to Virgo, shout out to Passion, shout out to um, Simone. All three of them are dancers that used to work at Magic City with me. Part two of them were part of the snack pack, who are seasoned regulars on P Valley. They're oh, extra extra dope. with the blonde faux locks. It's okay. the girl that came out on stage and threw the white fur coat in the audience. Yeah. And it's the one who was the um, the, <laughs> the pregnant stripper that was the girlfriend to the bartender. Mm -hmm. Those three girls worked at Magic City with me. Two of them were part of the, the snack pack. So they got hired as, never did an actress job but in their lives and got hired as, it started out with them being background dancers to the main characters and it ended up by the third episode, they were written into the script with speaking lines in season one. Mm -hmm. They're now on season two and have been picked up for season three, four, and five. So I'm proud of them mm -hmm. for being able to transition from dancing to to um, acting. 
-hmm. and they all have done more than just that since that you know door opened for them the fact that they were able to do that the fact that we all used to sit in made city and talk about one day we gonna be on TV for this shit. One day we gonna be on stage with Usher for this shit. One day yeah. we gonna yeah. be in music videos for this shit. And we've done that. We've all been in music videos. We've all been well, not all of us, but collectively, we've done music videos. We've done TV. We've done reality TV. We've done um, shit movies. Uh, movies. Yeah. We've Superfly. We've done <laughs> uh, Coachella. We've done countless music videos on the pole. Right. So the fact that we're finally being celebrated for our talent, for our creativeness, for what we have inside versus the physical. That's enough conversation for me. Like, Dope. just to know that Strip is finally being celebrated for the positive things that it does. You know, you see on P-Valley, these girls got children and they have businesses and they have yeah. real life trials and tribulations. Like, you don't see that normally when you see a stripper on, on TV or in a movie. No. They always show us in a negative light. So the fact that they're being shown in a positive light, is that's enough for me, whether I was involved or not. That's dope, man. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. Thank you. We need that memoir. <laughs> We're going to have to bring you back when the memoir comes. The memoir is on the way. Shout out to um, my business consultant, Miss Caitlin. Get you a cape. Hashtag get you a cape because she got me She got me together this year. We we had a very long uh, business meeting last week when I was in New York for lip service. Mm. And we have an extensive 2023 plan that we have been sticking to. And word to Kate. We're going to get this memoir and the other book done so, as well. And that's one thing we haven't talked about. How did you get started on lip service? So Angela and I have a friendship that was created way back in like 2010. Mm -hmm. And it's through my ex. So y'all OGs in this game, right? <laughs> yep. So back in the day, and this is something we didn't talk about, but this is something that, that goes on to the difference between back then and now. Okay. So back then, it was a thing to be saved. Yeah. Y'all yeah. know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, so, so for those who don't know what I mean, so so for those who don't know what I mean, for the listeners and the viewers who don't know what I mean, back in the day, it was a goal for a stripper to be saved by a rich man. Yeah. Right. Saved meaning snatched up out the club. Right. Baby, you ain't got to do this no more. So not only was I self-made because I, you know, my personality, my talent, and my popularity. So mm -hmm. I was able to become a feature dancer. I used to get paid for flying out. They would book us like rappers. Like we would get paid 2,000, 2,500 just to show up and then whatever we made on stage. Like that went on for me for a good five, six years, even after I danced. Right. Even after my last dance, I still traveled touring up until like 2014. Mm -hmm. So not only was I self-made, I was saved, right? So a rich man snatched me up out the club and said, baby, I don't want you doing this no more. I'm gonna make sure you ain't got to do this no more and you're gonna be straight. That rich man just so happened to be very close friends with Angela Yee. Mm. So me and her created our own relationship outside of the relationship that I was in, and we became friends. And um, she had lip service as a show on Sirius XM before yep. she yeah. got the job at Power. Right. Um, when she got the job at Power, unfortunately, she had to stop lip service, you know, for obvious reasons. And 2014 when um podcast was still something that a lot of people didn't know about excuse me she reached out to me and she's like i'm bringing lip service back as a podcast and i want you to be a co-host mm. and it's because not only because of our friendship but because she knows my personality she knows a lot of my experience in the strip culture she knows i'm very open about sexuality and you know i'm just here to talk about any and everything and <laughs> you know i have that you know, Jonas Equad at this type of environment needs. And um, 
So she asked me, and of course I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm down. Mm. And um, Stephanie, uh, was, we did not even know Stephanie. She was recommended to Angela by a colleague. Mm. And initially it was, we were going to do me and her, and we would uh, swap out a guest host weekly. But Stephanie did the first couple of interviews, and the literally the first day, the energy between the three of us was so on point that Angela's like, I think we should just stick with Stephanie. And I'm like, yeah, me too. And to this day, like, we're all really close. Me and Stephanie have formed a great relationship. We're like besties. Yeah. And um, and Angela has really been there for us to help mold us. Because it's not, y'all know, y'all do this. Yeah. Now, y'all y'all kind of like ringers because y'all DJs. So y'all used to talking, y'all used to the, the bravado, y'all right. used to the cadence, y'all used to the chemistry and the flow right. of things. Mm -hmm. It's hard to do. People think, a lot of people got podcasts and they think that they can just get on a mic and put on a camera and they can just talk about shit. Yep. And nah. no. It's not that easy. No. So what Angela did for me. We good, huh? We good? Yeah, y'all good. Y'all great. Like y'all great. Because I've been, on, I've done plenty <laughs> of interviews and the number one thing that I I had to overcome personally in the beginning mm -hmm. is the rhythm. You right. got to know when it's time to talk. You can't talk over people. You can't cut people off. You have to know when it's your time to jump in. And the more people that are in the room or on the mic, the harder that gets. But you have to learn your timing and your time and what to say and when to say it. And you also have to learn to get your point and keep it moving. Because even I can get a little long-winded at times. We all do. But that's something that Angela was able to help us kind of perfect. Mm. So I will always be forever grateful to her, whether I'm on lip service or not. She gave me something that I didn't know I even had. Right. And that was this voice. Yeah. That's that was dope. great. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. Yeah. And shout out to her. One yes. more thing. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Shout out to Angela. As we know, she left the Breakfast Club and yeah. she currently is about to start her own show on Power 105. The first black woman in the history of that uh, station, of the... Um, that company to have her own syndicated radio show. Um, she's coming on directly after the Breakfast Club at 10 a.m. And so far, she's starting in 30 markets. The show starts January 30th. Atlanta is definitely one of those markets. And um, Lip Service, being that it's her show, mm -hmm. we will have uh, segments on the show every Tuesday. So whether we're in town or not, because oh. I fly there uh, bi-weekly to film okay. uh, episodes, whether we're in town or not, uh, whatever the current week episode it will have a highlighted part of uh way up with ye is the, the name of her show way up yeah, with Angela i know your freaking fly miles are crazy yeah i'm platinum on delta i'm trying to get a diamond oh i'm trying to get a diamond that's a big deal my though. 2024 goal in life is to get um diamond on delta yeah, I, yeah. I made platinum so far so i'm trying to get the diamond that's my delta, goal that's one of my 2024 go. goals oh, yeah. is platinum on delta yeah i mean diamond on delta so before we get you out of here, I gotta ask you about your OnlyFans. I gotta yes, gotta, oh yeah, gotta, we got to talk about the coin. Y'all yeah. come get me all money now. <laughs> the coin. The coin. <laughs> the coin. Yes. Yeah. So OnlyFans has this negative connotation. Everybody thinks it's porn. And when you say you got an OnlyFans, oh, they yeah. think that you sucking dick or getting hit from the back, <laughs> or they think that you're, um, I don't know, playing with dildos or, you know, whatever on camera. And it's on there, though. It's, it is, but not every person. Right. There are ways to be sexy. There are ways to exude. I like to say that sex oozes from my pores, because it does. Like, I am a very sexual person. I am a very, I give sex without even trying right i right. just give that and so when you are um tracy from over there <laughs> that i don't know you work at the bank and you decide that you want to create only fans 
it's going to be a little harder for you right because you might not have the following you definitely don't have the sex appeal naturally so you might have to suck some dick or eat some coochie <laughs> in order to make some money but when you are Gigi Maguire mm -hmm. and you're known for giving right. a sexual experience, that yeah. experience no right? When you're known for being a sex worker, when you're known for being sexy, dancing, twerking, body, yaddy, yaddy, talking about eating pussy and juggling balls on the right. service. Right. Then when I put out OnlyFans, people are going to come to see what, what I'm doing because they are already expecting something sexual from me. Right. So am I a porn star on OnlyFans? Sorry to say I'm not. Man. But are you going to get your life from my OnlyFans? Absolutely. So would you say it's PG porn? It's PG porn. Yeah. That's PG a good way porn. to put it. Yeah, it's PG porn. Because I'm not sucking dick. I'm not eating pussy. Right. There is no sex. Right. But it's very sexy. PG porn. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to put that in my bio. Yeah. It's very sexy. I'm giving body. Right. I just got I'm my getting, body done, I'm getting, too. I'm getting everything. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting all the experience. But I'm just not getting it as <laughs> I'm giving, as I'm giving, I'm giving body, <laughs> right. right? I'm giving, I'm giving titties. My nipples is pierced. I got, I keep tan lines. So you're going to get that whole illusion of the bikini that's not there. Um, I have a pole in my bedroom. So I'm giving a pole performance. I'm oh, twerking. Okay. I do customs. So you can hit me up and say, I want you to moan my name while you, you know, doing whatever you're going to do while you moaning my name. And, you know, I do a lot of those. It's $100 a minute. So you do live. It's, it's, it's I don't go live. I should go live, yeah, but you should go live. I have not. I've yet to go live. Hold on, sorry. I'm gonna take a twenty. It says a hundred dollars a minute. It's a hundred dollars a minute for my custom videos. <laughs> yeah, right. I get a hundred dollars. I charge, excuse me, one hundred dollars per minute for a custom. So if you hit me and say, I want you to put your thumb in your, your your thumb toe in your mouth and suck it and scream my name, I'm gonna do that for a hundred dollars a minute. You can put your toe in your mouth. I can. Awesome. Um, mm. but I can tell you, I am not, I am, I will play, I will play That's with the right. toy and I'm giving y'all more than I've given any interview about my OnlyFans because I usually just say, go find out, Go on. but I'm fucking with y'all. I, I play with toys Okay. and, um, I enjoy myself, but there is no porn. Understood. And I'm not sure what my subscription price is right now because I do a lot of sales, but I want to say it's like $12.99. Mm. So it's cheap. You can get in. You can get in. But you can get in you and you can get, get some titties on the timeline. But everything else is expensive. But if you want to get a custom or you want to get some exclusive content, then I'm going to charge for that. And a custom is $100 an hour. I mean, but you can, a minute, but you can get, you can get some pictures. So, so let me ask you this. And I got, some, I, I just want to ask you, you this. You titties in his ass. We like titties in the ass. I like that too. I got $12.99. Uh, OnlyFans forward slash Miss Show Me The Money. So, let me ask you. So Click the it, link in my so, bio. So when you say it is custom and you are on OnlyFans, so if I wanted to record your stuff and put it on any of the the, um, the porn sites, am I able to do that even though? Yeah, and that's what sucks about OnlyFans. I, half my shit is on Reddit. Okay. But here's the thing. You're not going to pay $100 a minute for me to scream your name while masturbating right and go put it on reddit you're right. not gonna do that correct yeah I, I i made that specifically for you you're not gonna give it away for free if you paid a hundred dollars for it no i'm not now if you paid 12.99 for the timeline and you scroll down the timeline and you see me in a, a very sexy photo with these nipple piercings in in full view right and you might put that on reddit if you're an asshole but that's on you like, yeah. I don't really... And I, I, that was just something I always wanted, because I was like... Yeah, and that is the thing. It. You can screen... Oh, you can screen record. You can save yeah. the photos. Like, that's the thing. And here, and here is why I don't do porn. For one, I'm not a porn star. Never been. Right. I mean, you know, if you... 
<laughs> in privacy of my own situations, then, you know, it gets a little uh, Janet Jack me. However, um, <laughs> however, the kids don't know they don't. It, it gets a little right. pinky. It gets a little, um, I don't know, um, Roxy Reynolds. Okay? We don't even have any new good porn stars. You Do see we? what I'm saying? Do we not? We just name it no. old ones. I watch, I watch a lot of lesbian porn, the, and, the and, I, porn and I watch stars. this girl named Scarlett. Scandal, and she's fucking sexy as hell. Y'all know her? I watched Scarlet Scandal. But you see how you named That's it, like, my baby. I love her. The I'm ones sorry. back in the day had big names. Now, yeah. I don't know many big names. Yeah. Okay. So, you'll get, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do that in, in for private. But this is what I know about the interwebs. We like <laughs> that word. my word, yeah. <laughs> it's forever. Right. Anything you put online is going to last forever. Facts. Yes. I'm not putting my pussy online because it's going to last forever. Put your pussy online for a thousand dollars. No. <laughs> now a hundred thousand, maybe. Right on. A million, of course. Okay. But for the hundred dollars, I'm not giving you my vagina, sir. I'm not. I'm sorry. Mm. I'm not. You can get a little sneak peek. You can get a little flash. You can get a little. Ooh, I think I saw a clip. But I'm not. <laughs> I think. I'm not giving full frontal vagina. And I'm going to tell you why. Because what goes on the internet lasts forever. Oh, yeah. I don't know these people. Facts. I don't know you. You're not paying my bills. I mean, OnlyFans do pay my bills. I make a good 12 to 15 grand on OnlyFans monthly. Yeah, I seen that. You were making 12,000 a month. Yeah, average. Yeah. I wish I was a bad bitch sometimes, bro. Yeah. We work too hard for this yeah, money, man. That's 140. That's that's a whole. So this is my stripper money all over again, right. and this is why I said if the club was what the club was in 2010, right now I might have stepped my ass back on the stage for an encore. Or mm. Jay Z come back like Jordan wearing a four or five. It's ain't to play games with you. Period. <laughs> it's to get this coin. Yeah. However, the club is not the same. So guess where I'm at with it? Only fans. And that's where I'm making that same money. So I learned from an interview. Um, I was watching an interview with Be Nasty. She was on the 85 South show. And she was saying that some people were taking some of her OnlyFans content and putting it on Pornhub. That's what we was talking about. Yeah, yeah. But but she's getting paid from it because you can create an account on Pornhub and claim your videos and get paid Period. for the views. Period, mamas. Yeah. So just no make sure. Yeah. I'm still not porn putting is no big pussy business, on though. the webs. The biggest. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've never been porn. I, I'll, no, but I'll even just, if they take, like, if somebody steals your content, yeah. sometimes on Pornhub is not sex. Oh, I know, you know I know. I mean? Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. I hate those ones. Yeah. Like y'all only gonna kiss? I can't get no more than that. All right. Next. Right. Where's the penetration? Like they might right. just put you, yeah, yeah, your nipples yeah. on there, and that just might be. Well, let five me seconds. let me go search my name. No, nah, yeah. dead serious because yeah, you might you have might a lot of money to. on the table. Dead serious. She makes a lot of money from claiming that. She said, "I saw that. I was like, damn, that's smart." Great minds thinking like <laughs> frequently visited. Okay, there you go. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna look into that. Dope. But um, but OnlyFans has this um ignorant stigma to it that I wish people would understand mm -hmm. that everybody ain't out there morally corrupting themselves. And guess what? And that's in your personal opinion. And guess what? If they are, what they eat don't come out your butt. No, exactly. No. Yeah. What I eat don't make you shit, and vice versa. What you had for breakfast this morning is not affecting my digestive tract in any way. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about what you mm -hmm. had for breakfast. And I've always been that way. Even on social media, people that follow me on social media, I, I try to give as much personality as I feel necessary because I know that's what they want, right? So every once in a while, I'll pop out with something that shows you really who I am. But most of my social media is work. It's promo, it's lip service, it's whatever I have going on, traveling or whatever lifestyle. But most of my shit is work. Mm -hmm. 
And it's because I know what goes on their stage. But also, it's because I am not here for my personal opinion to be blasted on the internet. I will share my personal opinion in the privacy of my home or in a personal conversation with my friends. Everybody else's business ain't my business. You'll never see me in the comments with my personal opinion about what somebody else going on. I don't care. Mm. Never care. Social media or no social media. My life does not revolve around other people's lives and what other people got going on. I'm too busy worried about my own shit. Correct. I got my own life to live. I got my own bills to pay. I got my own child to provide for. I got my own family to love and cherish. I got my own life situations that take my time. I don't have time to be talking about nobody else. No. So for these weirdos and trolls that spend them day, spend their days trolling celebrities and popular people on the internet, get a fucking life. Go really? tend to your own shit. And go get some money because y'all be And go get some money because y'all got too much time on your hands. Too much fucking To be worried about what everybody else going on. I don't understand that part of social media, but it's terrible. Yeah. That's the society we live in now. It's a lot of hate out here. Because everything is exposed. Yeah. You know what hate is. No. Hate is you hate on something that you, when you hate on somebody else, it's because it's a deflection of what you're risk, what you're missing within yourself. Yeah, your insecurities. Your insecurities are psh, mm-hmm. thrown at the next person in a form of hate. Yeah. You don't like, for instance, <laughs> again, we didn't really touch on this, but I did, did say I just had surgery. I did a 360 lipo right. around around the snatch. I still got my, my garment oh, on. Yeah, I see it. Right? Mm-hmm. We're going to live in this for six months. But I got 360 lipo, and it was a promo situation, a.k.a. I did not have to pay for it. Word. And um, I had to post about it. I literally did lipo online, mm. right, and posted it on my Instagram. So the comments and the ignorance that came from these people is just like, me getting my body done, whether I didn't need it, whether I didn't need the waste of money, whatever comments you got about it, how was it affecting your life? Right, it's not. It's, it's not. not. But it's, it's oh, you could have you could have just ate clean and worked out. I had to eat very clean. I wanted lipo and it was free. Oh, you wasted your money. I did not waste no money because it was free. Right, talking shit don't even have effects. Oh, you ain't even need that, girl. They took some fat, and I'm snatch honey, and I love it. Mm. Wait, so what's the, good oh, so there's differences, right? So 360 lipo, the mommy makeover, the BBL. Li- okay. what's, what's what? So 360 lipo is lipo of the torso. Okay. Front, back, sides. 360 around the perimeter of your torso. Only, nothing else. Torso, that's 360 lipo. Yep. You can get your arms lipo, you can get your chin lipo, you can get your thighs lipo, right? BBL is when they take that fat and harvest it and place it in your butt, in your hips. Okay. So you can get lipo without getting the fat transferred to your hips, which is what I did. I have butt shots that are old as fuck mm. from 25, 6, 7, 8, 9. So I did not need to transfer any fat, fat into my butt and hips because I already had that there. If I needed to, I would have, trust me, because that would have been free too. <laughs> but <laughs> mommy makeover is normally lipo, tummy tuck, and or breast. So you get everything fixed because the baby didn't fuck your shit up. Right. The baby didn't turn your titties from this to that, right? They looking real <laughs> sad and they hanging low and you want to lift them and perk them back up again, right? And then you're getting um, your fat lipo. You might have an extra flab. So a tummy tuck is when you got too much going on for just lipo. They need to snatch it down and tuck it in and cut some of it off mm. to give you flat again because it's too much flat. So that's a tummy tuck. Okay. Um, so people see hourglass. They see snatched waist. 
And they automatically assume when you get any kind of surgery done that you got a BBL. And it's like, no, I don't care how much shit you want to talk or what your mm-hmm. opinion might be. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody have them. And sometimes they're shitty. A lot of times they're shitty. And that's okay. However, know what you're talking about. If you want to come to me and tell me that I did X, Y, and Z, have some facts to back up your statement. Right. Is all I'm saying. I made a big, huge post about it, and they were in the comments like, well, how are you saying you don't care about people's opinions, but you made a long book about... The, because I want, you, I want to give you some facts. I want to give you some clarity on what I did, mm-hmm. why I decided to do it, and the process. Because here's the thing. People think that you get um, surgery because you're insecure or you don't love yourself. I have never had a problem with insecurity even when i was 100 pounds in the a cup okay (laughs) i've never not loved myself or had low self-esteem when i started getting my body done it was because i was a stripper Mm. and i knew that in order for me to get the more bang for my buck i had to enhance my body because before they get to talk to you before they see your face up close before they know your name or where you from or anything about you they see that body from across the room and when you walk up to them and say hey how's it going i love this hoodie on you it's so cute they already seen that body, and they already have in their mind if they want to fuck with you or not. And nine times out of ten, if you ain't got what they need from over there, once you get up close, you ain't got it there either. So, no, <laughs> they don't want to give you no money. So, I got my body done because it helped me make money in the club. Yeah, it's an investment. It was definitely the best investment. Mm-hmm. Better than any bundle I could have possibly bought. Better than any makeup. <laughs> yeah. And, and to this day, I don't dance anymore, but I'm still... And it, here's... Moving on from that is the next thing that people say is, why do you keep getting your body done? If you got your body done, why are you still doing it? Because, honey bun, it does not last forever. Everything has to be tweaked and retouched. Every procedure, surgically or non-surgically, is temporary. Botox lasts six months. Fillers last a year or two. Facelifts last 10 years. Breast implants last 10 to 12 years. Lipo, I'm on my second round because if you don't eat well, work out, maintain this mm-hmm. surgery and, and wear your garments, you're going to get thick in the waist again and you're going to have to go do it again. Right. The only thing that you can get one and be done with is butt shots. And that's because that's some fake bullshit. That, that's a whole nother conversation. But even BBLs, like your body is a living organism. It's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to shape. It's going to continue to mold based on your lifestyle. Mm. If you're working out or not, if you're eating clean or not, if you're being active or laying around being a fucking lazy ass, all of that is going to affect how your body looks. Mm -hmm. So once you start getting your body done and you're not taking care of what you got to take care of, because it's not the surgeon starts you off, but you got to continue with the upkeep in order for you to get the the best results. You got to maintain it. I've been in this garment for six weeks as of yesterday. And I take it off and I wash it. I sleep it. I wear it 23 hours a day. I take it off to shower and I wash it while I'm showering and I put it back on. I have two, so I rotate. But this one is my favorite one because it fits better Mm. and it's more comfortable than the other one. Is it? But is it? Do do you get uncomfortable in it? No, not anymore because I slim down. But in the beginning, it's very tight because it's supposed to compress you. So it's very tight and it can be uncomfortable. But they told me to wear it for three months. I'm going to wear it for a year. They told me to wear it for three months, 23 hours a day, and then go to either sleeping in it or wearing it 10 to 12 hours a day for a year. I'm going to keep living in it forever because based on my experience of my first round of LIFO, I fucked up by as soon as I was able to take it off, I took that motherfucker off and never put it back on. Yeah. Mm. And here I am five years later, LIFO again. So I learned from that mistake to just wear the garment. And I know a young lady 
that got lipo and she wore her garment for two years. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you this bitch got the best bag I ever seen. Oh, so that's why. When I tell you she's so snatched, <laughs> I learned from her honestly to wear this garment. Now I might not wear it twenty three hours a day for the next two years. Right. Clearly, I can't. But right now, honestly, I'm still at a point where my surgery is so fresh that when I take it off, it feels uncomfortable. I need the compression. Mm. I need that compression to kind of like hold me together, so to say. If not, I I took it off earlier today because I was out running around and I had washed it and it wasn't dry when I got ready to leave out. So I just ran out without it. And I was outside for maybe like three to four hours, Mm. maybe three hours. And by the time I got home, I ran to this motherfucker and put it on (laughs) because I need it at this moment. But yeah, surgery is. And then here's the thing. Y'all talk shit about surgery because y'all can't afford to do it, period. Not only can y'all not afford it, y'all motherfucking scared. How do you feel about the guys doing it? Uh... Oh, I'm here for that. <laughs> now, now listen, I like me a ball of belly, right? Now, I love me. I love to rub on a little boot of ball of belly, right? I love a ball of belly. I love it. I'm a rub on that belly. One of my favorites got a ball of belly, and that's my thing. I be rubbing on that belly, and he love it, right? However, mm-hmm. however, I'm here for... The men wanting to get lipo. I don't know too much about the ab etching, but I'm here for the reset of it. I'm here for, and you know what else I'm here for? I'm here for the man weaves. Y'all might not be here for it, but I got a homeboy that's a whole gangster, uh, and he get a man weave, and you don't even know that it's his. I'm going to tell y'all something off off camera about somebody that we all know that just got a man weave, and I'm going to show you. I got a picture of it, and you're not even going, you're going to be like, all right, I see it. I'm not saying that the men should get the man weaves. However, I appreciate the man weaves. I be watching them videos on on Instagram that go viral (laughs) where the nigga lost 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. He lost 20 years when he got his line back. Yo, imagine X coming here with the the 360 waves. Man, listen, (laughs) waves on swim, okay? I'm here for that. No, I'm I'm here for, I'm I'm here for being your best self. And if you feel like you've been going to the gym and and it ain't working out for you, man or woman, and you want to suck out 16 years of of, of late night drinking and and lemon pepper wings, then baby, Go right ahead and suck out them lemon pepper wings. Go, I'll give you my doctor number, and go ahead and suck it out. But what you need to do after the fact is change your lifestyle so that you can maintain because it's not a one-stop thing. Surgery is a continuous situation. You will have to forever upkeep and maintain your situation. You have a high tolerance for pain. You, yeah, I would think you so. have to be. I do. Yeah, because every time I see it, like, okay, I got a homegirl. She did it. And I got hella tattoos. She was sent me a picture. I it get was Botox like, with no numbing cream. For real? What? Mm-hmm. It just looked like it hurt. Like, she sent me a picture of her meat on the table, and I was like, <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh, and here's another thing. I did my, I did both my lipos while I was awake. I did <laughs> what? local anesthesia. Oh, yeah. What? You, yeah. I'll show y'all on my Instagram a video of me getting lipo. I'm talking to the, um, to the people. Damn, Gigi, you a serial killer. <laughs> I'm a Gemini, you know what they say. I don't want no Dahmer smoke. was a Gemini. No smoke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want no smoke. <laughs> nah, I'm not a serial killer. I only killed one person. It's okay. All right, well, we won't talk about that. And on that note, <laughs> now nah, we appreciate you coming through, Gigi. It was, uh, it was a definitely a dope interview, man. We learned a lot. We hope the dancers learned a lot out there too, man. Memoro on the way because the game is to be sold, not told. I'll give a little here and there when I do interviews like this and when we mm-hmm. speak about it on lip service, I definitely give my opinions and I give my little, you know, tidbits here and there. But there's so much more to the strip lifestyle Word. that – I have from experience mm-hmm. on on different genres, the white clubs, the black clubs, the older men, the younger men, North clubs, South clubs, like yeah. out the country, mm. you know, traveling as a featured dancer. Like I've experienced it all. 
Yeah. I've been a manager in the strip club. You know, I've 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 had a lot of experience. I, I like to say that that was my university. I went to the university of strip. Yeah, me too. And I got multiple I degrees. I did too. <laughs> I got multiple degrees yeah. in the university. I got a doctorate. Word. Okay, in the university of strip. Yeah. Period. That's what's up. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we out of here. Shout out to Gigi. Make sure y'all subscribe to her OnlyFans. If you want the custom joint, it's $100 a minute. $100 a minute. Get your coin. Yeah. Can you oh. t- just tell them where you define you first? So. Oh, at Gigi Maguire, G-I-G-I-M-A-G-U-I-R-E. And on OnlyFans, it's Miss Show Me The Money, M-S-S-H-O-W-T-H-E-M-O-N-E-Y. Um, lip service, AY lip service. Um, we're on Angela's YouTube page for mm-hmm. the visual, and we're uh, streaming on every um, streaming site for podcasts. We just celebrated eight years with lip service, and we are now signed to iHeart. Hey. And um, we are again, thank you. And we are again on coming up, we'll be on Angela's new show, Way Up With Ye, um, on Power 105. So I'm here for it. And one thing we didn't talk about really quickly that we didn't touch on, um, and this is an exclusive, and I might not even have the rights to say so, but I'm saying it anyway. I love it. There is a docu-series on Magic City Mm -hmm. that is in the works, and it's executive produced by Big Madge himself and Jermaine Dupri. And I have a heavy influence. I can't say just yet. But I have a heavy influence in this show. That's gonna be as you documentary. Should. Yeah, and it's it's going to TV. So um, production starts next month, and um, so stay out, stay on the lookout for that because it's going to be amazing. Yeah, like, we know Magic City and yeah. the history that it has in yeah. Atlanta, and the history that it has with strip culture and the music culture. Mm-hmm. So for them to finally and JD doing it, yeah. like the mayor, the, yeah, that was the like, mayor is executive producing along with Big Man. And there, there's been some, you know, DVDs and, and interviews and things that have been done about Magic City, but none of them has been actually backed and co-signed by Big Match himself. Mm-hmm. And him and JD are both executive producing this project. So I'm very excited to be a part of it. And I hope I don't get in trouble by telling y'all that it's coming. But it's coming. Yeah, JD's doing a lot of dope shit right now, too. So Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. shout out to JD. He's back on his grind. Yeah, for sure. Congratulations on that. That's huge. Thank you. That's going to be huge. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. All right, man. This is the We Outside Show. I am DJ Filthy Rich. Hey, this is DJ Big X. And this is Gigi McGuire. We out of here. I'm Gigi McGuire. Miss Shorty, me the money. And we outside. We outside. (laughs) Yeah.